Hello and welcome to the podcast. Support us by subscribing and sharing. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we're also on Patreon. Join me as always, my co-host, Craig. And your host, Adam. You're listening to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Adam and Craig, finally back together. One of us has COVID, the other one was busy. Adam and Craig, doing a podcast that no one listens to. Oh, we're in double digits. So we, 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 <laughs> we have some follows and some likes on Instagram. Right. Double digits. That means that between us, you and I are twenty percent of our listenership. Mm, yes. Excellent. Conspiracy theory. Nineteen ninety-seven. The R-rated movie. It's about a taxi driver with a pendant for conspiracy theories and uh, becomes a target after one of these theories turns out to be true. Unfortunately, to save himself, he has to figure out which theories it is. Boom, boom, boom. Nice. Was that was that the porno version of bum bum bum? Yeah. I had a bit of a free weekend, so pretty much what I did. <laughs> Excellent. How do you watch uh, your porn? Do you are you one of those like oh, I watch the whole thing? Or are you like click? Hey, that's not doing for me. I, click, click forward. Yeah, click. I Next don't video. understand how anyone a pays for porn. Well, that's just crazy. Yeah. Why, just why crazy. would you do that? B, there has to be a little bit of plot. There has to be a little bit of setup. I can't just go straight in. There needs to be like, help, I'm stuck in the washing machine. Oh, oh don't worry, I've got a pizza oh, for you. Don't what, are you what are you doing, step bro? That's <laughs> oh, <saying>. no. <laughs> oh, um, no. Okay, cool. Good to anyway, know. With this, uh, I can imagine that not a lot of people seeing conspiracy theories. I don't think anyone watches the movies that we've watched. Uh, so, should we roll trailer? I think we should absolutely roll trailer. You're just too good to be true. When you're in love, you'll jump from the top of the Empire State, screaming Geronimo the whole way down. I love her so bad, I just... Well, she wrecks me. My name is Sutton, I'm with the Justice Department. I am an American citizen, and I demand to see Alice Sutton. He probably is crazy, but there's something about Jerry that... Jerry Fletcher has theories. The whole Vietnam War was fought over a bet that Howard Hughes lost to Aristotle Onassis. Some would call his theories crazy. You're telling me that NASA is going to kill the President of the United States with an earthquake. Not exactly the kind of thing a Secret Service agent can, like, just throw himself on top of. He writes them in his newsletter. This is our third issue this year, conspiracy theory. He sends them out. <laughs> Look, I feel kind of naked back here. Could we get out of here? Please don't tell me you're naked back there. No, it's just a figure of speech. Could we go? And she is the only one he trusts. I've loved you since the first time I ever saw you. Jerry, you don't love me. I don't. Now, one of his theories is true. Can you prove any of this? Absolutely not. Only he doesn't know which one. Must have hit a nerve with one of those articles in there. But his enemies do. How many subscribers do you have? Five. Well, they're dead. I have to find Jerry. Bingo! I got him. There he is. These things that you're talking about, you did them to Jerry. Jerry is very dangerous. What are you going to do? I'm going to find him because he'd find me. Pick him up, Teddy, for fresh. By nature, I'm not a violent man. If you hurt Alice, I'll kill you. Torture my hub! Oh my Get down in 
Conspiracy Theory. Directed by Richard Donner. Kiss me. What? For luck. Uh, director Richard Donner. Where do we know Richard Donner from? From your local kebab shop. Ah, uh, yes. The, the old Nailed Richard it. Donner kebab joke. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, director of Superman, Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2. Producer of Superman, Lethal... No, uh, produced one of the, a couple of the X-Men movies. Uh, he, yeah, did uh, he did the Goonies. He did direct the Goonies. He did do the Goonies. And also Assassins. Oh, uh, Sly Stallone and Antonio Banderas? That is the one, yes. Excellent. This also has my favourite gift of all time, with Antonio Banderas doing that, like, whoo! Kind nope. of when he's looking away from, you know, he puts his, like, uh, oh, finger right, up right, to his right. mouth, and he's yeah, like, yeah. Ooh. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know, when he looks at how much he's been sent to kill Sylvester Stallone, he's like, ooh! I know the one, I know the one. If that's also got, uh, no, Antonio Banderas shooting someone through a cast on his arm. I, I think so. I just remember that scene of being like, that is a really clever way to kill someone, to carry a gun in an absolutely full bandage arm cast. Mm, I feel like this will be a future episode at some point as well. Can I just say, I would like to put forward now an idea for a future episode, which I'm sure oh. you will say no to, but I'm going to keep suggesting it until you say yes. Uh, go on then. Grease. Why? Because, right, so I watched it the <laughs> other day. Okay. And I like Grease to the point of like, oh, you know, a childhood movie, I watched it with my sisters. Grease is fucking terrifying. We've got rape. We've got <laughs> date rape drugs. We've got like... Did she put up a fight? And it's really bad. Anyone that looks at Grease and goes, oh yeah, wholesome movie for kids, which is what my parents thought are very wrong so i would like hmm. to do grease and tear it apart for the hey can't do that anymore synopsis yeah isn't it like the the fan theory is that it's all fever dream and she actually has drowned and her life is flashing before yeah her and when the car goes up into the sky at the end it's uh, her descending into heaven hey save it for the episode but grease. Uh, save all that hot stuff for the episodes which there's, we will never there's do. <laughs> one bit where they do the dance which will yeah again hopefully i swear hopefully we'll get to it um and uh, the one of the girls, Marty, is like, oh, I found Vince Fontaine slipping aspirin into my Coke. It's like, that wasn't aspirin. Mm. Um, it's a really okay. understated line <laughs> that no one picks up on. It's like, oh, you were about to get date raped. Cool. PG I just... rating, I guess. Well, mm, okay. well, uh, well, I'll uh, tell you what. Well, we're going to... We'll probably hit 100 episodes at some point. Maybe we'll save it for the 100 episodes. We'll do Grease. Excellent. Good. There Move you go. Comp- compromise. Nice. Uh, the writer, uh, Brian, I want to say Helgeland. Brian, Hel- Brian Helgeland. 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 Thank you. Uh, where do we know Brian Helgeland from? Brian Helgeland was, for a spell, my favourite writer. Oh, it's... I do wonder why. Well, uh... <laughs> some obvious choices, none of which are the choices you think. Mm, okay. uh, why, why would you think that Brian Helgeland's my favourite writer? Well, he's done some uh, banging movies. I'll Such give him as? That. Uh, LA Confidential. Correct. Uh, Knight's Tale. Yep. And Man on Fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Comma, uh, he also did 976 Evil, thank you very much. Mm, okay, very cool. And Mystic River. Ah, oh, yeah, Mystic as, River. As a serious answer, he wrote Mystic River, which is amazing, but 976 Evil is an absolute gem of a terrible movie. 
Nice. Uh, the other thing I thought you might like about him is the way he got his big break in Hollywood. Yeah, I was standing outside of one of the studios with like a sign that says, I will write for food or money or something. Yes, that is correct. Uh, so according to an interview with director Richard Donner on the DVD of Payback. Oh, uh, of course he did Payback. And of course he did Payback. Uh, That's where he met uh, screenwriter Brian Hegeland. Helgeland. Helgeland. Hegeland. Brian H. <laughs> Brian H, uh, when he was driving at the Warner Brothers gate and saw Brian holding a sign that said, we'll write for work for money. Nice. Richard got out of his car and asked him about the sign. Brian replied that he was a screenwriter and he was looking for work. Donna had decided to give Mr. H a challenge, <laughs> which led to the two of them working on the movies. Mr. H also worked with Donna on Assassins. Mm. <laughs> no, that's too obvious. Brian H. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Brian Helgen is awesome. And Payback, fuck, I haven't seen that film in ages. It's so good. Another Mel Gibson movie. Oh, and possibly my favourite Mel Gibson movie. What, More Than Lethal Weapon? More Than Lethal Weapon, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, because I don't see Lethal Weapon as a Mel Gibson movie. I see that as a Shane Black movie. Uh, yeah, okay, fair. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean by yeah, that. Yeah, More yeah. Than Mad Max? Yeah, I'm not a huge and fan Mad of Mad Max. Or Mad- I mean, I do love them, but like... For a Mel Gibson movie, I'm going to sit down and be like, all right, payback, maybe The Patriot, because I mm. really oh. love The Patriot. Well, we've got We Were Soldiers coming up later in this season as well. Yes, so. we do, with Barry Barry Pepperlegs. <laughs> Barry Pepperlegs, yes. Uh, so we've uh, touched on him, uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, he plays Jerry Fletcher in this movie. Uh, we know him, obviously, as Riggs, uh, Scottish dude from Braveheart. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that yeah okay and he directed that guy stood up <laughs> got got nailed to a cross that time uh you know the guy jay christ um yeah. yes william Mr. wallace christ. i'm terrified <laughs> about this episode a little bit because obviously there's the mel gibson fodder yes ah oh, my nipples ah and also <laughs> i've only ever had to do one major like let's never release that edit. oh conspiracy theory when we yes. talk about you and I did a 20 to 30 minute conspiracy theories chat, which you decided. And honestly, I'm still surprised by this. You were trying you to put decided. words into my mouth, Craig. I was not trying to put words into your mouth. You were. Anyway, so Julia Roberts, uh, she plays Alice Sutton. Uh, so probably best known as Vivian from Pretty Woman. Uh, Aaron Brockovich. From Aaron uh, Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brock- and uh, with this uh, Jodie Foster was initially offered the role of Alice but she turned it down to make contact ooh mm. I don't know if that's a, is that the better was that the better role contact or I, I think they're both equally fine <laughs> everyone wins I I feel like I feel in no one way one or wins. the other Tell my wife I said hello. <laughs> um, no, there's, you know, neither of those are films that lit the world on fire, are they? <laughs> uh, definitely not, no. I never really liked Contact, and more people like it than don't, I think, so I think probably I'll... she did a good choice. But I felt like the uh, Contact movie had a great premise to it, maybe not execute it as well as it could be. Obviously, probably Arrivals is the better version of Contact. Is, is a, are you thinking of Interstellar? Because Arrival and Contact are very different movies. 
Well, it's kind of like the you know the communication between aliens, isn't it, and and being able to decipher it to a point where they, you know, at the end of contact, you know, they build the fucking thing and drop through and you know go to another world. But did they? You know what I mean, and then yeah, but did they? Is contact? That's the tagline. Contact, but did they? But did they? The only other real notable person I've put onto the cast list is Patrick Stewart. Uh, yeah. He plays Dr. Jonas. Or is he best known as uh, Captain Picard or Professor Xavier? Best known for acting. Yes, he is in fact an actor. He is an actor. He um, is Ian McKellen's best friend and don't we just know it. We do. They are best mates. I um, love their friendship. I'm sure that's going to be us when we're older. So with this, uh, Craig... We're talking about conspiracy theories. What are your favourite conspiracy theories? Are they the lizard people? Uh, JFK? Maybe the moon landing being fake? To reiterate, this is a conversation that we have had and decided not to release. Well, we can have a little bit more of a um, you know PG conversation about this. And we're not going to maybe delve into some of the more like weird and heinous conspiracy theories out there. Okay. But uh, which again, ones? Which la- one again, to, you? to reiterate, last time we did it, we didn't talk about the obscure kind of niche ones. We were straight in for the big hitters. Uh, which ones do I believe, conspiracy theory wise? Well, you know, I didn't say believe. I'm oh, just right. saying which are favourites. You know, oh, it could be right. like some real oh. whack job kind of out there ones. Oh, right. Uh, favourite conspiracy theories Paul McCartney being dead. Oh, I like that one. So I don't just for believe the listener, it, to be if clear. They, uh, if, they, if the listener never had the theory about Paul McCartney, um, do you want to describe it? Uh, yeah, the the theory is that if you play one of the songs backwards, it's John Lennon saying, like, Paul is dead, Paul is dead, Paul is dead. And the idea is that because he's not wearing shoes, and apparently, even though he is, isn't touching the ground on the Abbey Road poster, that was the Beatles being like, oh, he's dead, oh, We've lost well, Paul, everybody. You kind of skipped over the most important part of the conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney was dead and was replaced by a double. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And they were and trying course, to subtly drop hints through their media yeah. that that was the case. Uh, if Paul McCartney was to have died, yes, it would be sad. Of course it was. He was part of the Beatles, which is mm. a phenomenal band, etc. But it would mean we would never have to hear Hey Jude sang live again. And this is true. It's not, not the worst thing. Fucking hate H. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan. You know, I'm not like the biggest Beatles fan anyway. I, I really appreciate. I think my favourite uh, song by the Beatles is "Paperback Writer." In, I was gonna. If you'd have put a gun to my head and said, "Pick my favourite Beatles song," I would have chosen "Paperback Writer." For ah, you. okay. Well, this is why we're friends. Um, mine is something. I think something's a wonderful song. But yeah, hey Jude. But what is I, it? Hey. Hey, um, you're awake. I yeah, I just can't. It's it's just fucking boring as a song. <laughs> mm. Oh, it's a good crowd pleaser. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't want to be part of that crowd. Oh, fair enough. Uh, just to say, I used to uh, work with a gentleman. I, I won't name his name, and he uh, Brian H. Brian H. Uh, just to protect his identity in case he too has stumbled upon a conspiracy theory that might turn out to be true. He fucking believed in all of them. Um, like, so the one that sort of really blew my mind was Flat Earth Theory. Oh, and for fuck's Yeah. I, I sat down with him one, one lunchtime and just like, right, I want to get to the bottom of all of this. Right? I want you to tell me how and why you think this is the case. 
And he's just like, well, there's loads of different theories, right? You know, uh, the fact that it's, it, it's flat, there could be a dome, there's the, the, the idea there's the ice wall and stuff like that. And he was like trying to show me videos and stuff like that. And, mm. um, and I said, and at the end of it, I was like, so why do you believe this? And he's just like, well, you know, you you got to kind of think, what well, aren't they telling us? And it's <laughs> like, but who's they? You know what I mean? It's just like it, it's always this this idea of this um, consp- the the real conspiracy is that somewhere somehow people are withholding information from us. People don't want us to know this stuff. And yeah, but like you're like who? Who are these people? Why would it benefit them? Why would anything that any of these conspiracy theories come out with um you know like oh there was uh some very 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 loose connection and this is why this happened and you kind of think to yourself the best way of debunking people is just to go ask them directly who do you think this benefits mm. and what would be the like what would be the outcome of it and it's yeah. like, okay so right there's a flat earth why would they want to hide that from us and then and they can never answer it they can never be like well and, and you kind of think there would have to be hundreds of, like, hundreds of thousands of people over our lifetime that have had to suppress this information. Yeah. And you think about how incompetent fucking governments are. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. this, this is the thing. Like, you're going to go, oh, they're hiding it from us. And you go, the guy in charge of the fucking country is Boris Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, the uh, the, the last two presidents, you know, Biden and fucking Donald Trump. Trump don't seem to have their fucking wits about them either. But this is that thing from Independence Day with regards to the like, oh, why wasn't I told about Area 51? Two mm. words, Mr. President, plausible deniability. So you've got to stop looking at the fact that the man at the top is the man behind the answers because <laughs> he's not. It's the man behind the curtain. Um, so yeah, well, when was Conspiracy Theory made? 1997? 1997, that is correct. The same year that Contact Good came out. Good year for so. movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good year for movies, 97. Yeah. Uh, list a few. No further questions. <laughs> <laughs> Name all movies released in 1997. Titanic. Okay, that's one. Uh, Conair. Okay, yes, Conair. Goodwill Hunting. Mm, yes. Breakdown. What's Breakdown? Kurt Russell's wife goes missing. Oh, and he, yeah, yeah, that's actually a great movie. And of course, LA Confidential, previously mentioned. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Well, oh, pretty... Jack, Jackie Brown was ninety-seven. Yeah. Yeah, de- ninety-seven was a good year for movies. Like, not as good as nineteen ninety-four. It was a very good year. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, nineteen ninety-seven. What was the budget, please? Uh, well, the budget of this movie, if you can believe, is eighty million dollars. Is that eight zero or one eight? Eight zero. I do believe. Do you believe? I believe. Uh, okay, so with this, it, how much do you think it made back at the box office? One forty-six. Not too far off. Uh, One thirty-seven. Okay, nice. Uh, about ten mil. Not too shabby. Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, I've, I think I've seen this film once. Okay, once. Uh, that's good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> well, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. Uh, I was going to jive in with a bit of uh, old Rog. He's back. Uh, with the Chicago Sun Times, uh, he observed that the film cries out to be a small film, and then he uses some word which I don't even know. Uh, Is it someone's surname or quitotic? Oh yeah, quitotic. Sure. Uh, uh, I believe I might have said that right. Uh, 
props to me, girl star. Uh, he says, a quietotic uh, little indie production where the daffy dialogue and the weird characters would weave their coils of paranoia into a great offbeat humour. Unfortunately, the parts of the movie that are truly good are buried beneath and deadening layers of filler cliches and unconvincing love story. If the movie had stayed at ground level and had been a real story about real people, it might have been a lot better and funnier. All of the energy in the basic material and none of it is in the romance that is grafted on like an unneeded limb of a superfluous organ. Man, fucking Roger went in on that, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I remember. Uh, Could you said it's not good. <laughs> totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. maybe shit. All right, you know cheers, what? Rog. Oh, Roger's getting paid by the letter, is he? Yeah, it fucking sounds. Um, it. I remember Mel Gibson in a cab, mm-hmm. and what? him getting some sort of PTSD from roadworks, which oh, are like well sparking next to him. Yes. But no, you say well remembered. That's it. That oh. is all I remember. <laughs> oh, and Patrick Stewart is the bad guy. Um, did we mention him? Yeah, we did. Perverts to Xavier. Yep. Um, which you don't really see unless you watch Green Room. Mm, yes, it is quite menacing. And I feel that Patrick Stewart in this movie is not menacing enough, though. But he is an actor. He is an actor. You thought I was sleeping. <laughs> And she's growing along, and then, and then her, her, what is it? Uh, her, her knickers come off, or her pants come oh, down. Oh, or... fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, when Patrick Stewart is in extras, and he's talking to Ricky Gervais about the script he's got, and I'm walking along, and then, and then her dress comes off mm. all of a sudden. Have you not seen extras? I've not actually. I for the longest time I used to be a massive Ricky Gervais hater. Extras is great, but the Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart bits of extras are. And like the two best bits. Should we uh, sit down and uh, pop us in? Let's. Fuck's <laughs> sake. Helen's a lucky lady. Yes, we should sit down and pop it in. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> in the room and what did you think first thoughts initial thoughts anything you've got to add Craig what a fucking snooze fest yeah it's a bit long it's long it's confused it's boring Mm. it's very confused I can't that's my main takeaway this is a film that is confused is it trying to be a spy thriller is it trying to be a goofy cornball comedy? Who knows, everybody? Hey, did he kill Julia Roberts' father? No one cares at this point. <laughs> yeah, there, I feel that there's definitely like a good, almost like 20 minutes, half an hour that probably could have been chopped from this movie. And I feel like I knew where the part was. It is definitely that kind of like middle chunk. And I think this movie does well on a few things. I actually quite like Mel Gibson's character in this. I like Jerry Fletcher. He seems to have a, a, a level of vulnerability about him and you can almost find him believable as a real character, in my opinion. He's a bit of a crackpot. He's kind of like, he's very confused and all this sort of stuff. And at, But at the genuine, you know, like at the base of that character, you know, he's a big softie. And... But he's played by Mel Gibson. 
And that's the problem, <laughs> is if this was uh, uh, Sam Rockwell yeah. or uh, John Turturro or Adrian Brody, maybe, people that you wouldn't look at and be like, oh, they're a hunk of Hollywood. Like, don't get me wrong, Sam Rockwell is an attractive man, but he's mm. not Mel Gibson levels of like rugged attraction sort of thing. Like You wouldn't give this to, say, fucking uh, Hugh Grant, you know? And yeah, no, I would not for, give it to you for various that. reasons in particular. But there's no vulnerable. I don't look at Mel Gibson and see any level of vulnerability. I see Martin Riggs. I see William Wallace. Mm. Uh, I see. I mean, to be fair, I always see what women want, and he's not a vulnerable character. No. And so having him in this, it felt very forced that level of I felt... payback and payback is the yeah. exact level of Mel Gibson that I ex- expect okay fair uh, I feel that when you say forced I feel the Mel Gibson Judy Roberts things feels a bit forced I don't feel there's really that good chemistry between them mm. um, I feel that in terms of like the triangle characters you have Mel Gibson Judy Roberts and Patrick Stewart mm. the there's not enough between Patrick Stewart and Mel Gibson. I feel that there needs to be more of that. So I feel that there needs to be... Yeah. Um, Patrick Stewart's meant to be like the big bad guy. And obviously he just gets all his minions to do everything. Obviously he's like a bit of a puppet master. But yeah, I just don't get him... I, I don't feel like he's as menacing as he could be. And I feel that this movie falls a little bit flat. Kind of like what you're saying. It, it, the movie is a bit confused about what it wants to be. Because yeah. it kind of sets up a kind of like a, a soft love affair entangled in the middle of this like yeah conspiracy that somehow Jerry Fletcher is this uh, like would be assassin you know what I mean like he's a yeah. like the uh, Manchurian candidate basically and it pulls a lot from stuff like that which I really like it kind of um, there's a few bits and pieces that come up in the movie where I go oh yeah that's a good little nod like you know, things like Catcher in a Rye and um, and when he talks about a lot of the other conspiracy theories as well, you're kind of like, yeah, okay, I've, I've heard stuff like that before, and it kind of does feel like it captures a little bit of that zaniness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I mostly got annoyed by the like jump between... The musical cues didn't help as well. The jump between, like, oh, I'm a really good sleuthy, kind of smart, planning things together, going to leave my car on the bridge, kind of private eye level yeah and then just like oh, i made the fucking car crash i'm gonna do a, a little skippy dance on the sideway whilst i send a pizza in <laughs> it was it was jump between like an episode of the x-files and an episode of seinfeld at times yeah fair okay all right so well let's get into some of the beats of the movie then and we're there's so much to go through i'm going to go through this real quick and then obviously feel free to jump in uh so jerry fletcher uh played by mel gibson he's obsessive compulsive uh which i did quite like i felt that they actually did get um you know some of his like quirks you know the fact that he uh, does seem to be obsessive about so many things, you know, like keeping all the lids on shit, like in his fridge, and you know, making sure everything's like locked three times or whatever. Uh, yeah. So was that obsessive compulsive, or was that just to make sure that he wasn't going to get poisoned by like Patrick Stewart? Ah, uh, yeah, good shit. I right. Um, probably would have touched on this later, so I'll touch on it now. I feel that uh, if you wanted to like dissect Jerry's mental state, he is. He probably has some form of. A, obsessive compulsiveness but really at the end of the day he's probably 
Uh, well, he's, he's obviously suffering from paranoia. Um, and you could maybe say that he's some sort of schizophrenic. You know I mean, he sees hmm. he, he sees things or he hears things, and you, you probably could verge on that. He's obviously he's obviously mentally unstable. He's unhinged in a way, not uh, yeah. uh, Russell Crowe unhinged, but uh, oh, that's a still that's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great that. movie. Um, but yeah, I would I would say that it combines with uh, a few things like yeah, um, like sort of yeah, delusional. You know what I mean? So uh, it's kind of verging on that. Yeah, slight brain of schizophrenic. Yeah. And with that comes the whole kind of conceit of everything he says is absolute gibberish, bullshit, bonkers, bananas, until the one thing he says is actually true. And so he's in the cab being like, oh, you know, who shot JF, oh, who shot JFK or who shot... Uh, well, yeah. Isn't, uh, serial killers... No, uh, assassins have uh, three names, Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, uh, uh, I can't think of any of the others off the top of my head. But um, <laughs> those that fail only get two names. Only if they succeed do they get three Yes. John Wilkes Booth, um, Lee Harvey Oswald, Mark David Chatham, etc. Yeah, uh, and that's like that's like a whole thing. It sets the idea up of serial killers. But then he starts talking about, and this is again, we're gonna. I'm honestly gonna jump around so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, I feel this. that we will on this one. But him to be like, oh, you know, they've got silent helicopters, ba 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 ba, and then later on, there's a silent helicopter. I was like. That's fucking ridiculous. That we've just we've just verged into Looney Tunes territory with the helicopter that because it's dark at night in a city full of lights, no one sees the helicopter that's very has to has to be making at least a and no one's looking and be like, huh, that's a silent helicopter. Or have you ever heard a silent helicopter, Craig? Uh, I've heard one falling in the woods, yes. and that is also the sound of See, one. This hand is what I'm clapping. saying. This is what I'm saying. Silent helicopters could be a thing. You just don't know because you've not heard one. You know why you've not heard one? Because they're silent. So fuck you. With this, uh, obviously, we can see how like slightly deranged he is because at one point in the cab, he's talking to himself because he thinks he's got a passenger in there. So that's what I would think that maybe slightly schizophrenic. Um, but it kind of sets all this up. Uh, we also get introduced to a Julia Roberts, who works as a U.S. attorney at the Justice Department. Do and we get introduced to Julia Roberts? Well, we do a little bit. Like, so, right, weirdly, you know when he picks up that dude at the beginning? Yeah. And he's, like, making out with a girl. I, I could not tell if that was actually meant to be Julia Roberts or someone just looked like Julia Roberts. I thought that was someone that looked like Julia Roberts, but I thought that that dude... Actually, because this is one of the things that the film does of being like, oh, look, is this guy going to come back into it? Is this yeah. guy going to come back into it? And I thought that that dude came back into it. Am I wrong? Mm, could be. I mean, this is what, like, there's so many of those kind of, like, little characters that, like, oh, yeah, that's that guy. Oh, he's a fucking special agent as well. I didn't yeah. know. Um, mate, everyone in this movie could possibly be. I was not paying that much attention. <laughs> well, the main one is his friend in the wheelchair. Right, so when they pull up and he like fucking splashes and sprays all those people on the sidewalk, all those uh, African American guys, I was a bit like, God damn it, Mel Gibson, and he going has, off script. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's like laughing in their face, like, ah. <laughs> and just like, but then he has like a casual chat with him. It's like, hey, uh, sorry for being an arsehole there, but uh, you know, give me those fucking newspapers, and he's a bit like. 
It's yeah. A, a weird relationship going on here. So his whole thing is he takes a newspaper and then he puts in his newspaper, which is the conspiracy theory newspaper. Mm. And honestly, I don't think that that guy in the wheelchair, because I will get to it, but I don't think that that guy in the wheelchair was supposed to be a... Um, oh, let's get him back and like for the end scene and yeah. that's been the whole thing. I think that they did that at the end to be like, let's get the guy in the wheelchair back. And so this fucking obviously refilmed tacked on ending <laughs> uh, has some sort of weight and resonance to it. But actually, yeah, he's just getting the newspapers and putting his own conspiracy theory newspaper inside them. Mm. And so we go to his house and we get the like Woodward and Bernstein newspaper pressing and it's like and so he's being like oh someone in Panama or something got killed but the president was in the air and earthquakes are being created and someone drowned at a subway station and actually that was supposed to have some such some such who cares and honestly who could care Right, but did you like the bat, uh, when he does pull up to Julia Roberts' apartment to stalk her? Yeah, uh, no, that, so that's what I meant when he's like, "Do we get introduced to her, or do we watch her from afar in a very um, sting kind of um, every breath you take kind of way?" It's too good to be true. Can't <laughs> take my eyes off you. Um, but yeah. did you like? I really like the way uh, some of those things were framed. Obviously, the most obvious thing is like he's looking through the binoculars while that song's going on. But I actually liked it when they shot it from the back seat, and you can see his eyes in the rearview mirror, and he said, "Like I can't take my eyes off you." And I was like, "That's," I was like, "That's good film work." Yeah, there's not bad film work in this. Richard Donner kebab five ninety nine with chips is. <laughs> Excellent as a filmmaker. Yeah, he's all right, isn't he? Yeah, he do, he's done okay. <laughs> he's done all right as Richard D. Um, but the film itself is just snoozy. Mm, yeah, I feel like it's meant to have a slight slow burn to it because, as I said, the idea that the one of these conspiracy theories that Jerry has come up with it turns out to be true. And so at some point. Uh, Jerry does identify some men on the street as CIA agents and follows them into the big unassuming building uh, and is captured by them. So uh, this is where he uh, wakes up in a mental hospital bound to a wheelchair and a doctor, played by Patrick Stewart, tapes his eyes open and injects him with LSD and interrogates him using torture. I thought this was a wonderful blend of A Clockwork Orange and Marathon Man Mm. with the eyes taped open and the, like, unseen man, which in Marathon Man was Lawrence Olivier, doing the questioning of, like, is it safe? Mm. But then with that fine blend of um, Kang and Kodo spraying Homer with rum. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to believe your story. Now you're hopped up on LSD. (laughs) Um, And Mel Gibson's going through a PTSD flashy kind of mm. torture scene only yeah. to then bite Patrick Stewart's nose off. Yeah, I like the way that uh, Patrick Stewart says Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. It's like Jerry. 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 And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's Patrick Stewart. You've got such a, a velvety smoothness to your voice. Well, let's not forget he is an actor. He is an actor. 
so when the LSD kicks in, yeah, Jerry remembers many of the previous sessions, which he sees terrifying cartoons. Yes. Which is a bit fucking weird juxtapositioned in. Uh, very similar. Kind of remind me of a bit Natural Born Killers. You know, yeah. In the way yeah, they yeah, yeah. threw some of that in. Uh, so in a fit of panic, uh, Jerry manages to bite uh, the doctor's nose and sufficiently incapacitate him long enough to escape, still bound to the wheelchair. Now, uh, this is the bit I, I, I think I love in the movie, where you see Mel Gibson trying to escape in a wheelchair with his eyes taped open. It's fucking hilarious. It is hilarious. <laughs> and But this is also where I thought like that guy in the cab who was making out with a woman and uh, he's like, oh, love teaches you how to fly. I feel like that's the guy that Mel Gibson kicks out the window that falls to his death. Oh, oh, Craig. Yes, you might and actually be right. if it is, five stars, conspiracy theory. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll have to rewatch that at some point. Yeah. Death. Not any well, time soon. Yeah, no, <laughs> it might take some time. Because um, let's not forget this. It's a plus two hour movie. Yeah, mate. Uh, like, I, I did feel the numb in, in the bum yeah. when watching and this movie. As much as I like this movie, even I was a bit like, oh, yeah, fucking hell. Well, we'll get to my thoughts at the end, but I was just there being like, I wish I was watching Payback. Mm. Um, So he escapes, and then he goes to um, Judy Roberts' office. Yeah, Alice's office, and uh, grabs a gun uh, off a guard. Mel Gibson going off script again. (laughs) Feels like it. And he, yeah, he's obviously having an episode, you know what I mean? And... One of the things that you would think that in this case is like this guy is obviously yeah suffering from some sort of stress disorder or schizophrenia is having an episode. I don't think police officers anyway are equipped to deal with people like that. They don't have that sort of level of training. I I I would assume. Um, and you know, like sticking a gun straight in someone's face that's having an episode like this or allowing them to take the fucking gun I don't think you'd wait around I think you'd like, oh right he's got a gun you'd fucking have to do something about it not just Look, be like let's just say in 1997 if Jerry was played by Forrest Whitaker the movie would have ended there <laughs> uh, quite possibly 1997 so... was not a good year for the police oh wait none of them were yeah, so uh, so with this, uh, Jerry's taken to hospital uh, where Alice then visits him, handcuffed to the bed and forced to enter a drug-induced sleep. He pleads with her to switch his charge with that of a criminal in the next bed or he will be dead by morning. Boom, boom, boom. Which, okay, so we find out later on that she does switch the charts and that's why the c- criminal is dead in the morning. Mm. But if you're Patrick Stewart, you know, give give them a photo I uh, I I thought that they I didn't think they I this is the thing that confused me about all this I thought they weren't trying to capture uh, or kill him I think uh, I thought they were trying to capture him to keep him alive to find out what you what he knows oh maybe maybe that's a sweet little red herring then I guess that makes them fall in love or something else. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't like this movie I got so bored and it's it's silly because I freaking love Judy Roberts. I love Mel Gibson and Patrick mm. Stewart is an actor and I love him. Actor. Uh, so in uh, the morning when Alice visits again the criminal is dead as he has suffered a mysterious heart attack during the night. So the CIA FBI and all the other fucking acronyms uh, and other agencies see uh, blah 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 let me say that all again. So the CIA the FBI and all the other acronyms are there. She meets a mysterious CIA psychiatrist, 
Dr. Jonas, played by Patrick Stewart. Uh, meanwhile, Jerry fakes a heart attack of his own and escapes again with all that sort of pudding around his mouth. A bit weird. <laughs> yeah, and there's the there's the black dude who works for the CIA, or does he, who mm, Junior Roberts... does he? Or does he? Is that, you know, contact, or did they? Uh, fucking conspiracy <laughs> theory, or does he? Um the guy who works for the CIA or does he who turns out to f- start following Judy Roberts because she thinks that he's that he she's the key to um, finding Jerry quite possibly and that's like a sub thread of who cares <laughs> uh, so with this Jonas now questions Alice over lunch she explains that Jerry saved her from muggers once so she tolerates him that's a nice uh, but in Jerry's hospital room, uh, she finds a copy of Catcher in the Rye. Now, Craig, why is Catcher in the Rye famous amongst conspiracy theories? So the whole idea behind this is that every quote-unquote uh, serial killer or assassin or whatever has read Catcher in the Rye and it drove them to a point of insanity where they're like, mm. huh, Holden Coldfield is some sort of revolutionary genius. I'd best go join the Manson clan or something. So what I really like about in this movie is they kind of actually explain it, don't they? So later yeah. on in the movie, when uh, Jerry's out and about, he's compelled to buy Catcher in the Rye. And when he goes into the bookstore, they mm. scan it. And obviously that then tells them that the Catcher in the Rye has been bought, which reminds me very much of The Simpsons. I was, gonna, I was like, let Adam finish before you bring up the Al Gore in The <laughs> Simpsons bit. Sir, someone um... finally bought your book. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's such yeah. a good bit um <laughs> yeah but no that's exactly all i was thinking was i wish i'd watching the simpsons right now and yeah. even every time people like fbi i was like mm, Mulder and scully fbi yeah. F- fbi <laughs> they're on to us get them out of here get them out of here <laughs> <laughs> uh, um so with this uh we find out yeah obviously uh jerry saved alice from the muggers and find the catcher in the rye. Uh, she then discusses it with FBI officer named Lowry, the black dude. Uh, and Mike Lowry, the try scorer for Mike Island of the, Lowry. Le- of the Weekend. Mike Lowry. Uh, the CIA come and confiscate all of Jerry's personal items. Lowry offers to share information with her, but she declines. Because she knows he's a bad boy. Maybe. And well, what's the... he going to do? What's he going to do? <laughs> What is he going to do, Craig? When he comes for you, bad boys. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so, yeah, that was a whole thing. And I, I'll i be honest, I, you can tell me the next beats that happen and I'll be like, oh, I guess that was the next beats that happen because there's, there's like a whole he sends her a pizza and he's written a note in it. Oh, secret thing, though. Loved that the captain from Lethal Weapon was in it. He was in it, wasn't he? He was very much playing the captain from Lethal Weapon, but I love that he was in it. Yes, uh, there was somebody. There was another loose connection between Lethal Weapon and this movie. I can't remember what. Apart from obviously Donner. being Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson, Richard Donner, and yeah. the captain. Uh, there's, there's probably someone. It escapes um, me. But yeah, so he sends a pizza with a note to come outside, and then they get on the bus, and there's the whole conversation of like. See, you're skipping ways over uh, so no, many things. That's because there's just it's honestly. You're forgetting one of the best bits in this. Okay, it's when on, the CIA me. cannot find Jerry, so Alice goes to the car and finds Jerry hiding in it. She stops the car and speaks to Larry, who is tailing them, and they go to Jerry's apartment, and obviously you get to see all this other fucking shit. Uh, okay, yeah, the apartment's pretty good. 
Yeah, so he has dozens of copies of Catcher and he feels compelled to buy it but doesn't know why. And if uh, he doesn't buy it, he has to seek it out to buy it. Yeah, and then they are interrupted when Jerry alarm goes off, the little beer bottle on the door. So this is where the CIA SWAT team fucking arrives and fucking bust up his shit. And this is where you get the big action set piece of him torching his apartment, which is fucking awesome. I feel like you must have something like this set up. I, uh, f- I, for a little while, <laughs> I did have a uh, like an emergency bag, which uh, which I was trying to build up a little bit as well, just in case, because there's always a just in case scenario. Uh, if I never needed to like leg it somewhere, I would have a bag that would just have bits and pieces in it, like everyday well, carry stuff, but also like medical supplies and you know rations <laughs> currency of 15 different countries seven different passports well, maybe guy incognito just, you know like uh, you know with rising tensions at the moment something you know could could happen you yeah know, i mean it absolutely it could um to be fair where i live in london i wouldn't even know know that's happening i'd be vaporized <laughs> this is very true you're gone first um yeah yeah, so he torches the apartment, you've got the beer bottle, and then you've got the... He's got, like, the pudding in the jar, and this made me want to vomit. The pudding in the jar? He's, he's got... He, oh, he's got, he's got coffee in a jar, but he's also got different types of pudding or something. Yeah, like his, rice like, pudding and tarioki or whatever the fuck you call it. Tapioca. Tapioca. Like, what the fuck is tapioca? is like frog spawn, man. No. Tapioca is, like, I'm just... 100%, I'm going to Google it now and send you a picture. Tapioca... I thought it was like a yogurt or custard or something. It it genuinely looks like frogspawn. But is it actually frogspawn? No, it's not. No, it's not literally frogspawn. <laughs> well, you lied to me then. No, I said it's like frogspawn. There you go. I've sent you the picture. Mm, okay, thanks. I'll look at that later. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you look at it now? We're in the. Because we're in the flow. Right, so we're trying to get through this piece of shit movie. <laughs> yeah, it is really a piece of shit. Can't movie. stop the fucking smell of rose and look at ta- tapioca. Tapioca? How can you tapioca? Come tapioca. on, tapioca. It's plural for tapioca. <laughs> um, so with this, Jerry sets everything on fire and they leave through the secret trap door exits. And this Which... is the one thing I wish I did have in this flat. Uh, but yeah in the room there is a large mural on the wall which features both Alice and the triple smokestacks of a factory near the mental institution yeah so the mental institution kind of comes into play later um, my question is uh, does he rent two apartments then or what were we saying that's there? a really good question Craig um, I want to think that he doesn't but the people downstairs don't live there, or it's like abandoned Right, apartment. okay. So what we're saying is shut up Affleck, just to be clear. There's a bit of a shut up Affleck. There's a lot of shut up Affleck in this movie. Um, so the pair go to Alice's apartment, and he reveals he's been watching her through the window. Naughty boy. Uh, and she kicks him out, quite rightly. Uh, yep. Outside, Jerry confronts Lowry as his partner is taking out her place, and he warns him at gunpoint not to hurt her. I do love the bit where he gives him the karate chop on the back of the neck and he's like, are you just pretending? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, just pretending that he hits him properly. I, I, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, I actually quite like the Lowry, Lowry character in this movie. I think he's got, like, there's a good level of humour, which it kind of does yeah. break up a bit the tension a bit. 
Yeah, no, he's he is a good kind of distraction away from the actual plot point. The only problem is, is that this is a two-hour movie. So if you're going to put a gun to my head, like, yo, what are you cutting out of this? It's like probably going to cut out Lowry. Mm, I think, I think Lowry's the best thing in this movie. Um, so the pair. Go I, I'd to... love to see the Lowry movie, and we did. It's called Bad Boys. <laughs> so uh, with this, uh, Jerry's now compelled to buy another copy of Catcher in the Rye, and the CIA do detect the purchase and send agents <laughs> to catch him. And this is uh, Craig's favourite part because this is where Jerry sees the black helicopters with men repelling down to him as he goes into the theatre. So, so stupid. So it's stupid. so stupid. And he goes into the theatre because no one's heard the fucking helicopter. And he's like, oh, We're silent. A... Uh, how are you going to hear a silent up. helicopter? The amount of times you've been like, oh, a silenced pistol isn't actually silence. Yeah, that's that's true. But... That's in the real world. And like, oh, and oh, well, in make-believe land. In make-believe. <laughs> um, I'll take a stroll down Gundrup Lane. Um, <laughs> in, in the A, yeah, he runs into the theatre, the people tailing him bloody terrible, and then he's like, oh, Yeah, they're bomb, not very bomb. good, are they? No, no, they're really bad. They're almost as bad as the Tango and Cash are tailing Bomb, bomb, there's a bomb, and everyone escapes, and he escapes, and we carry on the movie. Honestly, man snooze fest I feel that this is actually at the time though that there, there, somebody was bombing theatres in New York though I can't remember like off the top of my head but I feel like that has some sort it wasn't just like because if someone let, yelled out bomb 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 like you like after everything that's happened in London and things like that and you, you'd mm. be like a little bit like oh yeah fair enough alright let's get the fuck out of here but I feel like in 1997 someone if you're in London some of you have bomb 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 you know it's it's probably people a bit like shut the fuck up mate I'm trying to watch a movie you know, and um, a... I don't think that's true <laughs> <laughs> I um I mean there was the 1997 Brooklyn bombing plot that was it but... yeah Maybe oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I mean, you know what? If 9-11's taught us anything, it's to be worried about bombs. No, everyone's always been worried about bombs, Adam. Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't think <laughs> I would be. <laughs> All right, okay. if, some, if I'm watching The Batman right, yeah. and someone shouts bomb in the theatre, I'm like, I'm I'm going out. I, I'll i take this risk, I think. You're going to go out watching The Batman? Yeah, that's a good way to go. Have I you think. seen the Batman yet? I've not seen the Batman yet. Okay, that's well, what I'm saying. That, well, yeah, if it's the if it's the last film you ever watch, fair play. I'll I'll be pretty happy. I've seen some good reviews for it. People yeah. are saying it's fucking amazing. So... Yeah, but people are wrong. <laughs> Just that's that's a hard fact of life, especially when it comes to movies. People are wrong. Um, so yeah, he calls bomb. He escapes. Uh, <sighs> So with this, Alice has been now calling each person who used to get Jerry's newsletter. Yeah. But they've all died that night, except for one. Uh, who is that mysterious one? Uh, Jerry uses a ruse to get her out of the office with the pizza, as yeah. you said. And this is where, in the subway station, where one of Herriman's, uh, what it's the whole drown conspiracy thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, where at the beginning of the movie, some fucking rich person died from a drowning. But then there was a flooding in the subway, so Jerry linked them together, and I think that's the one that's kind of turns out to be true. Yeah. Uh, this is where Jerry also says, "I love you," and he gets yeah. fucking rejected. Sorry, mate. Just want to be. I just want to be friends. Yeah, Ooh. that's. Oh, yeah. You don't Ooh. like that. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had? Uh, I love you. Uh, that's nice. Thank you very much. Goodbye. 
<laughs> what? Have you ever had any? Have you ever said I loved you to someone only to get rejected? Uh, yeah, all the time, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because I get the opposite from your mum. So yeah, so this is where you now find out that Jonas, played by Patrick Stewart, was on Mel Gibson's subscription list. Oh, Jonas, on his Patreon. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, no. <laughs> uh, yes, so he was getting all of the conspiracy theory letters. What a boring job, Jonas, to just yeah. read the gibberish that Mel Gibson clickety clacks. I don't know, man. I think it might be quite fun to read some of that weird shit. Of course, you do. Right, but this is where Jonas now shows uh, Alice a photo of her father taken from Jerry's locker and claims that Jerry went out of control and killed her father and she is crushed. Bum, bum, bum. Better movie is this at the end of this. Mel Gibson's like, no, I am your father. Because what is the age <laughs> difference between them? Uh, I don't think it's as much as you think it is. I think it's considerable. I don't think it's as bad as um, uh, Richard Gere and what's-her-face. Judy Roberts. Uh, in the first night oh no I mean no no, it's not that bad yeah that's that's outrageous uh, difference. Mel Gibson is he's probably what 60 65 no that's a different Mel Gibson I want the actual Mel Gibson son of a how's there two Mel Gibson yeah, why, and why wouldn't you give me IMDB the Mel Gibson was born in 1956 and Julia Roberts was born in 1967. Okay, only 11 years. Yeah, exactly. I told you. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So, <sighs> so this is now where there's the car chase a little bit. There's uh, the tracking beacon in the pizza box and all that jazz as uh, Jerry drives Alice to her father's private horse stables. So, you know, she comes from good stock. <laughs> and Jerry tells her that he can almost remember what happened and he's taking her to where the music is playing. Alice turns on her mobile phone so she so they can still track her. Now, one of the most egregious things that happens in this movie is that she uses her mobile phone in the subway station. And you're like... Get the fuck out of here. This is the 90s, love. No way you're getting reception down there. Hard pass on that. No way. Hard Uh, pass. Yeah, no, that's that's up there with bad bad calls in movies. Um, Mm. I feel like there's something like that that happens in The Jackal with Bruce Willis and Richard Gere, but I can't remember. Anyway. And Jack Black. Never forget. Oh, Jack Black. What a Never forget Jack Black's in that movie. One-armed black. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, he takes us to the stables, and honestly... They come again to take him out, and I'm just like, yeah, okay. I feel uh, this should have been the end of the movie. It should have been, and this, this, this whole stables. I was here. I remember this because uh, this is where Jerry remembers that he was sent to kill her father, a judge who was about to expose Jonas's operation, but he couldn't kill him. Instead, they became friends, and Jerry promised to watch over Alice before the judge was killed by another assassin. So yeah, this should, this should have been the big climax. This should have been where the big fight should have happened because um, yeah. this is where you had the uh, the silent helicopter, your favourite, uh, flying in, and you had all the like sort of snipers and the team. This could have been like the big final showdown, but yeah, yeah. but it wasn't. Uh, and we it see, and then yeah, Mel Gibson gets captured, and they're like, 
oh, uh, we're going to take her out. I don't know why it's George Decay, but uh, it's my best Patrick Stewart. Um, <laughs> oh, we're going to take her. Oh, my. And he's like, oh, you've never seen her run. Yes, now, this is true. You've never seen her run. As a PT. As a PT. Would you say there's a big difference between running on the treadmill, which was a 1997 flat treadmill, and running outdoors in the elements? Uh, yes, there is, Craig. Um, because one of the things with running on treadmill is that you don't get any what's called ground force reaction. Mm. So when you're running outside, you uh, apply force to the floor and the force uh, is pushed back uh, through the ground. Now, when you're on a treadmill, the belt is moving underneath you. So when you strike the treadmill belt, the by the time you actually create any like any connection or what you call like the, you know, the first point of contact, your foot is actually getting sort of almost pulled or whipped behind you so you can create what's called a foot whipping motion so you don't actually get to load your muscles very well yes indeed so uh with this this is why you find that people that run on treadmills uh aren't very good with running outdoors because they don't learn how to run properly so don't learn how to do things like lift their knees properly Mm. they don't know how to land on their feet properly and with this, you get all sorts of weird running patterns. So it's always better to run outside. Absolutely. And so that was a big rope I had with this movie. Then the sniper <laughs> is, like, tracking her down. He takes the shot, but his other buddy runs in line with it, and t- he gets shot. And that mm. sniper is just like, eh, she won this one. So, well, no, take, yeah. take... Uh, you know, you, you run, like... It, it is one of those things, like, oh, man, she's just too fast for us in this helicopter. <laughs> It's, it's like, the reverse um, slowmobile from Austin Powers. It is a little bit. So, where are we? So, right, we're in torture bit. Uh, so, Jonas is torturing Jerry again. Uh, meanwhile, Alice leaves the FBI men, who are not actually FBI, but a secret agency that watches the other agency. OGA, like, if you will. So, this is like where I'm just a bit like, you what? So, there's like two essentially warring factions of agents or like shadow governments or whatever the fuck you want to call them. And they're both trying to do one over the other. Why? Who knows? Don't ask questions. Uh, so this is where she takes him then to Jonas's office, but it's been entirely dismantled. There's no one there. Like, it was never there at all to begin with. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, other films have done this better. Uh, <laughs> other films will continue to. Do this. Other films before it did it better. It's not. It wasn't a moment where I was like, "Oh my god!" It was very much like, "Yeah, okay, yeah." Like I, I <laughs> it was a little bit like that. It was a bit like, "Oh, okay." Well, yeah, no, that that's yeah. ticking a box, I guess. Um, uh, so yeah, we, then Alice is trying to find Jerry, and um, Jerry, and uh, she goes to the two. The, the mental institution that's held in what is a nuclear power plant or like some sort of there's a there's a power plant situation. opposite the mental hospital the free smokestacks yeah, yeah, yeah. and honestly uh, the just... the porter makes reference to to the power station that you can see it only facing a certain way from the hospital yeah and she she just strolls right in like it's nobody's business well um, she's a uh, she's is she a DA DA or you know she works yeah, for the justice she, department she's got a badge she has a badge. And she gets in and she finds Jerry because he's shouting to her through the air vents. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, then... she's shouting for him and he's like, oh, I can hear you. I think you're dead. That sort of thing. So he's obviously still a bit hopped up. And then they start singing to each yeah. other. 
Yeah. Can't take my eyes off you. That that song. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> and so, ah oh man, honestly, like they drown Patrick Stewart, and that's the movie. Except, well, Mel no, because he gets him like a fall up blast. He's like, pop, 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 pop. Yeah, well, because honestly, I just, I just checked out of this one. Yeah. So. Did you not like the swerve though? So with uh, Alice tells Jerry she loves him as he's taken away in the ambulance, but sometime later Alice is, uh, visits Jerry's grave, leaving his union pin from his taxi driving upon it before returning to the horse riding. Very sad. Jerry's dead. As she rides away, Jerry Lowry and Flip. Oh, I assume it's a black guy in the yeah, wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, is watching her. Jerry is not allowed to contact her until they are sure they have rounded up all of Jonas's other subjects. He secretly lets her know he's still alive by placing the union pin on her horse's saddle, and the film ends. Right. Uh, Jerry Springer, final thoughts. Just couldn't care with this one really <laughs> i'm glad this is a short episode and uh, we're trying to make it because i can feel the distress in your voice i just i just couldn't <laughs> find bits of humor i couldn't find bits of like oh well that's because it was all nonsensical when he like attaches something to the back of the car and then it goes off and he does a little skittish dance it was all just like oh, yeah, okay whatever whatever <laughs> what's our next movie that we're gonna do craig greece no <laughs> uh Coxwell? no no uh, oh, was it Cocktail? Was that one of the movies? That I we don't know. Do? I'm throwing him out there. Right. Uh, so, movies we've got left to do. Executive Decision, Red Dawn, Point Red Break, Dawn. We Were Soldiers. You want to do Red Dawn next? Wolverines! Yeah, fuck it. Uh, oh, and you also want to do The Frighteners as well. I do want to do The Frighteners. Do you know what else I want to do? What else do you want to do? Greece. Cocktail? <laughs> yeah, we'll save that for a few seasons ahead. Anyway. Ugh, fine. We'll do a musical season. Good deal. Good deal, good deal. Uh, yeah, oh, fuck it, yeah, Red Dawn, 1984. Good year, good year. Uh, this has been Adam McGregor's Guilty Play. Oh, di- sorry, what was your final thoughts? Did I get them? Did I get them this uh, week? I think we, yeah, no, we did that. Great. This has been Adam McGregor's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. I've been Craig, that has been Adam. This has been our coverage on Conspiracy Theory. Uh, mm-hmm. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a share. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema, Facebook too. We are on Patreon. You better believe we've still not done anything on that yet. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? We lied to you. So, But we will. We'll get to it. Uh, until then, uh, anything you do, tell a friend, tell an enemy, uh, start a underground newspaper and slip it into the Daily Mail. We've got a contact with disgraced journalist Mike Sheen who will help us out with that sort of thing um, mm. until then uh, it hasn't been a pleasure talking about this movie I've really disliked it I really <laughs> disliked watching it I was born bored beyond tears um, I look forward to Red Dawn next week because great movie sweet awesome I'll see you is there. Red Dawn just quickly is Red Dawn a little bit too close to the bone currently oh actually that's a great shot should we uh, not do Red mm. Dawn <laughs> oh yeah I wasn't even thinking about that <laughs> or should we should we be the guys brave enough hey tune Fuck in it. next yeah. week to find out whether we did Red Dawn or something very much not about Russians invading another country I think we shall do it until then <laughs> have a great week my friend you too buddy bye bye
We are watching a movie that we are talking about. So sit back and relax, and it's time to talk about it. Talk about it. Maybe get some popcorn or maybe some snacks because we are watching a movie that we're gonna be a talking about. Double check. Oh, uh, caramel tapioca. What? Caramel. Uh, <laughs> There's the end credits bit. It is.